0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you today?
1: Doing good, battling the, the allergy bug, but uh,
0: other than that, I'm doing okay. It's spring in Middle Tennessee. Damn always, a, always a fun time. All right, today we're going to talk about uh, a couple of mock drafts from Kyber McShay, talk a little bit of Titans draft visit news, uh, a couple of interesting prospects have been here uh, in the last few days, so we'll get into all that. Before we do, remind you, we write for MutantCityMiracles.com. We're covering Titans for SB Nation, so you can check us out there. You can also find us on Twitter, I'm at J Morris, MCM, carries T Lambert, TN. You get the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, just search out Locked On Titans, subscribe there if you're on itunes and you want to leave us a review we would appreciate that so just uh hook us up there if you would like we also have a voicemail line we got uh one voicemail we could use a couple more uh maybe we can do a voicemail show tomorrow uh if we if we get a couple more voicemails the number for that is 615-787-8762 Call and leave about a minute long message and we will get to it on the show tomorrow All right, so just kind of a newsy type thing from the beginning. Uh, The Titans released jersey numbers today for the new players. So just kind of hit the highlights. You can find it from uh, Jim Wyatt had it on Twitter. But Adam Humphreys is going to wear 10. Cam Batson is switching from 17 to 12. Ryan Tannehill is going to be 17. Seth Old will wear 76. And Cam Wake will wear 91. Uh, So getting some house cleaning there, getting those numbers. And then obviously we'll have... More stuff on that when we have draft picks, undrafted free agents, all of that stuff. Um, all right, and then so with the visits, uh, we, we've, we're looking at a few things before we hopped on here. Uh, news, I guess if it's broken the last couple of days that they have had Jalen Hurd and Debo Samuel in for visits, uh, like I said, in, in the last few days. Uh, the Titans are always, it feels like, looking for a wide receiver. So no big surprise that they have those guys in. And they're two of the more—I don't know what the, what the exact right word is—intriguing, interesting prospects in this draft. Um, guys that you think probably have a pretty high ceiling, but a lot of question marks surrounding them as well.
1: Yeah, the, the Jalen Hurd deal is is really interesting because you know opinion of him kind of dropped uh, with Tennessee fans uh, when he left the program. You know, fast forward two years later. Maybe he was ahead of the curve on, on the whole Butch Jones deal. Uh, you know, reports come out that he wanted to play a different position. Butch didn't want to give that to him. So I think he ended up doing what was best for him in his career. Because uh, you're talking about a guy that's six 6'4", 230-something uh, pounds. So really had a, a wide receiver, tight end type body, but was handling, you know, 200 carries a year at, at Tennessee. So Uh, ends up leaving tennessee in 2016 people have knocked him for that i i don't anymore you know i I used to but i don't uh seeing how how that all went down so worked out of the big slot position for baylor ends up having a really really good season Uh, 946 yards receiving four touchdowns in his first year at the position of course had to sit out a year after the transfer and handled 48 carries for 200 more yards so really interesting guy uh, really good athlete at the position. I don't know how he fits at the next level. That that's the the projection there. Uh, where do you take a guy like that? I'm not touching a guy a project like that until the fourth round, until day three. He's getting a lot of day two buzz right now. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. But um, I think Debo Samuel is a guy that's kind of picked up up some steam at 51. There, you've seen Kuiper mock uh, him to the Titans. We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, a pretty productive guy when he's been healthy. He broke his leg, I believe, in 2017, so that's a little bit of a concern. Didn't seem to have the same explosiveness when he came back. Uh, but still, uh, I think he's a guy that can be a number two at, at the next level. And uh, look, the Titans still need help. We thought the Titans were going to sign two receivers in free agency. They ended up signing one. Still need help with the position. Uh, Devo's a lot of guy that makes uh, makes sense on day two.
0: Can you imagine how good Tennessee would have been if they'd have had, you know, Jalen Hurd and Alvin Kamara at the same time? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, that, playing. You know, if they could have gotten him up on the field. Yeah, been,
1: playing Hurd out of the big slot. Yeah, yeah that getting would have been Getting 300 touches yeah. like it should have been, but you know, there you whatever, go. I digress. Uh,
0: anyway, um, yeah, so, like he's interesting guy and, and just kind of tough to project uh, at the next level. Debo, to me, I mean, he, he's – but he, he's something that fits the Titans, right? I mean, they need a speed guy. What do you run, like a four-four-eight? I think, at the at the combine? Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about John Robinson-type players. I, I don't know that Debo Samuel is that guy because you're looking at it. If, if you go back and look at his numbers from college, like you said, he had the bad injury in 2017. Came back and was good uh, in 2018, 62 catches, 882 yards, 11 touchdowns, so really productive numbers there. But only 15 catches in 2017 obviously had the injury, 59 catches in 2016, 12 catches in 2015. So you're really looking at a guy that just had one big year of production. And we know that we, we, we've seen that John Robinson is not necessarily, that's not necessarily his type. Um, we haven't seen him go after a lot of those guys. Now, do you make an exception for a guy that, that had an injury like he did? Possibly because, you know, 59 catches as a sophomore, that, that, that's pretty solid. So if you think he could have built on that as a junior, and then you know been even better as a senior, um, you know maybe we'd be sitting here talking about three years of production instead of just one. So it's not that he wasn't good, before, you know, in college except for the last year. So I mean, I think you can maybe remove that from the equation a little bit. Like you said, now you're seeing a lot more of that Titans in him at 51. Um, yeah, we talked about receiver and in, in on this group. I, I think they're going to take a receiver in this draft. I, just, I, I don't know that it's going to be at 51. I still think you have two or three pretty significant holes that you need to fill before you get to wide receiver. Now, if you know, there's value, if they, if they feel really good about him, they feel like he's a value pick, you don't necessarily have to reach on one of those other positions if you don't feel like the guy's there. But I'm just not sure. Like I said, I think they're going to take a receiver in this draft, but I would be somewhat surprised if it's before the third round.
1: Yeah, I agree, and and I, I think we need to talk about Debo's value as a returner too, right. uh, Because you know that's not something that we've talked a lot about. It's some of the Titans' need. You know, Adoree is is train wreck at, at punt return, and it's odd. We've talked about that before. Uh, if the Titans could have one returner back there, I think that would solve a big issue. Uh, you, you saw how much Adoree cost them uh, at certain points in the season, so uh, that that's something that that Debo gives you there. Uh, it's something you could get out of quite a few receivers in this class. So uh, keep that in the back of your mind. Now, I, I'm with you on, on the receiver. I, I think it's on down the list. I think it's probably the third or fourth need on this team. Uh, just looking at Kuiper and, and McShay's mocks, uh, I, I can't get on board with anything that doesn't have an offensive lineman in it because I think that's such a big need. I don't know how you ignore it. Uh, so I would be upset if, if the offensive line wasn't addressed, if defensive line wasn't addressed, and the Titans have, are sitting there with a the receiver. Uh, In their hands. So uh, I'm with you. I I just uh, I'm done with receiver. I feel like we talk about it every year. Uh, I I don't feel like it's a top position that can impact this team next year. I think the Titans can get a lot more out of a disruptive uh, defender, whether it be on the edge, whether it be uh, on the defensive line or an interior offensive line.
0: Yeah, it is Groundhog Day when it comes to the draft and, and Titans in receiver. I mean, it is it is every single year. And, and again, I, I wouldn't be – I would be pretty shocked if they took a receiver at 19. I would not be shocked if they took one at 51. Uh, that, that's not really what I'm getting at here. But, again, just just surprised with, with the other things they need, like we're saying. I mean, there's just, there's just bigger needs that they have currently. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. But um, they're going to be looking for a, an impact player or two on offense. Of course, the problem with that is this draft's just kind of light on those. Um, after you get outside of you know, maybe the first couple of tight ends, um, it, it, there's a lot of questions with the receivers. So I, I think this is a draft they spend more bulking up the, the, the big guys up front, offensive line, defensive line, and an and edge rusher. Um, that, that's, just, that's just kind of my thought. But, again, there, there, there are a few things that would shock me at this point, just with what they've been able to do in free agency. All right, coming up, we'll get into the mock drafts from McShay and Kuyper and talk about what we liked and didn't like in those drafts.
1: Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the locked on NFL podcast.
0: We got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest But his deep ball passing is, like, the worst in the league.
1: Here Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, so we will start with the McShay mock. Um, you know, he's got my favorite pick at 19, Noah Fant, going there. <laughs> Um, I, I'll be honest. If if the Titans walk away from the first two days of the draft with what the, with what McShay has going to them, I will be pissed. I, I don't. This this makes next to zero sense to me. He has Noah Fant uh, at nineteen. He has the receiver from um, uh, Ohio State, Paris Campbell at fifty one, and Jalen Jelks, defensive end from Oregon, in third round at pick number eighty two. I I just – I would be really – I said not much would shock me. I would be shocked if this is how the first three rounds play out for the Titans.
1: Yeah, we've seen these mocks where it doesn't address offensive line or defensive line. This one doesn't address either. You know, you get your pass rusher in the third round, but uh, you're still left with holes on the offensive line and defensive line. I don't don't get that. I I feel like people are – overestimating the need on offense that the titans have uh at at receiver and and the tight end stuff man i i just think we're in a spot uh each year where these analysts have to find a spot for these tight ends to go and if you know you look at the titans roster you've got an aging delaney walker and you don't have much behind him you know i don't expect national analysts to know about johnny smith uh, I don't expect them to know about Anthony Furkser, but I, I do think they're good young players. Not to say they're, they're in the same league as Noah Fant. They're clearly not. But uh, to, to spin that pick at 19 on a tight end, I, I just cannot get behind. So I'm with you. That that draft would not fill two of your main needs, uh, and it feels like two unnecessary top selections there. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would not be uh, excited about that. I, I thought I'd – Hated Kuiper's mock, but that Red McShay's, and that's the one I really can't stand.
0: Yeah, and again, we, we talk about all this kind of stuff. I mean, a lot. There's a lot that could happen. There's a lot of of question marks around here. But I will be really, really surprised if they don't come out of the first two days of the draft with an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. I mean, I, mean, I, I really think that in those first three picks, they're going to use two of those on an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman. You know, and you have, you do have a defensive end from, from McShay there in the third round. But I, I just don't think they're going to wait that long to address that. When you flip the oh. mock, I mean, it makes, a, it makes a little bit more sense, right? you got Dexter Lawrence. We've talked about the issues there. I mean, I, a nose tackle at 19. I'm not in love with that. But that that gets your, your defensive line help. Debo Samuel, we talked about earlier at 51. And then Ben Benuga, I'm sure I butchered that name, <laughs> uh, from TCU, the, the edge rusher there. Um you know, again, when you get into drafting edge guys in the third round, uh, you're you're basically drafting on kind of traits at that point, uh, guys that you think you see something in that you can de- to develop. Um, you're not gonna be in love with any of those guys, their production or, or whatever else it may be. Um, so I mean, from a needs perspective, this one's a little bit better, I think, but it still doesn't um, it, it still doesn't address offensive line and again i just cannot cannot see them getting out of day two without drafting into your offensive lineman now i was listening to the otp yesterday uh with mike keith and jim wyatt and they seem to think that you know the roger saffold thing was was the big move the titans are going to make to upgrade that offensive line and that they'll wait till day three and and hope that they can find a guy that can they can be in the mix for for starting uh this year i just that's not the way that I think I would do it, and that's not necessarily the way that I see this playing out.
1: Yeah, see, I don't buy that explanation there from from the OTP. I I, I don't know. I mean, you you sign one guy, and, and that's going to fix your entire offensive line. That that's something I would buy if you had Klein uh, still in house. You know, if you had Quentin Spain still in house. But uh, you're talking about kicking D- Dennis Kelly inside. You're talking about Kevin Panfield uh, potentially as your starter. So. I don't think you can you can upgrade one side of your line and severely downgrade the other and uh, think you're going to get better there. So I don't, I don't really get that line of logic there. Uh, and just how pick 19, we've talked about it, it just, it just sets up really nicely to add an interior offensive of line. And uh, I, don't, I don't know why you would ignore that there. So uh, just looking at Kuyper's deal, you know, you got Dexter Lawrence there. We've talked a lot about that. 340-pound nose tackles. They see run stuffing downs, and they come off the field. I don't, I don't see the value there at pick 19. I just think that's kind of uh, an, an NFL dinosaur, if you would. Uh, you're seeing these shorter, you know, quicker defensive tackles sort of take over the game. You just want some ability to pass rush. I don't think Lawrence has it. I don't understand the value there. Uh, again, I, I wrote today. You can't really argue with Debo Samuel there, uh, but you know, in this instance. You don't really address your offensive line. You still don't have your edge rusher there. That's my only gripe there. Uh, And then you you find your edge help in round three. Like you said, I'm kind of against taking edge guys after round two. Uh, I think you see the athletic profiles really fall off the map unless you've got some sort of character concerns. Uh, But, you know, the edge rusher out of TCU here, uh, I'm not even going to try and say his name like you did. Uh, eight and a half sacks in the last two seasons at, at TCU definitely sounds like a John Robinson type prospect but um, again there is he going to come in from day one and steal some snaps I'm not so sure so I, I if you're going to take an edge I'd rather do it with one of your top two picks because like you said in round three you're looking for traits and I just I'm not sure you get starters there in round three uh, especially on the edge
0: yeah, and then the, the last point I'll make on both of these drafts, like we talked about yesterday, it, it just looks like the way that these things are playing out currently that your your value or, I don't know, the, the places you're going to be able to really make the most hay with a, with a pick here is going to be an interior offensive lineman. And if you look at Kuyper specifically, I mean, the, after the Titans took Dexter Lawrence at 19, he had Chris Lindstrom, the guard from Boston College, going 21, uh, Eric McCoy, uh, interior offensive lineman center guard uh, going 22 to Baltimore. So you had, a, you had a little bit of a run there on interior offensive lineman right after the Titans pick. And I just think that that's going to be kind of where the value is at that point. That's going to be where they can find the guy that can come in and, and make an immediate impact for them. Now, again, we know that you know some crazy things will happen in the actual draft, and there will be a guy that falls down the board. that None of us are expecting that to happen with right now. I mean, we see it every year. But I, I just think the way these things are playing out now, I don't know. Interior offensive lineman just makes the most sense to me. All right, last thing. Um, I, I saw on Twitter earlier today, a guy named Corey Gerald uh, at CD Gerald J A R R E L L had tweeted out a, a little matrix with uh, draft visits by team by position. So just something that's a little bit a little bit interesting to look at, um, especially if you're trying to figure out what you think other teams are looking for. Uh, the, the guys that they've brought in, the Titans have not been particularly heavy at any position to this point, other than edge and defensive tackle. Uh, they've they brought more of those guys in: eleven edge rushers, um, eight defensive tackles. They've actually brought in seven corners, but then everything else is like four, five, two, one. I mean, there's no there's no really big number that stands out there. So that that's just something that that's kind of interesting to take a look at it if you want to see and just kind of look at what other teams are doing who they're bringing in and that kind of stuff. So uh, just something if you want to check that out. Again, that's at CD Gerald on Twitter. All right, that will do it for today's show. Again, if you want to call in, leave us a voicemail. We've got spots for a couple more. Um, so if you want to get in on tomorrow's show, do that. 615-787-8762 is the number. Leave us about a minute long message. We'll get to that tomorrow. Uh, you can also, again, follow us on Twitter. I'm at J. Morris, MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert, TN. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Titans, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.
1: Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.